All right, so uh, the Bucks are sitting at five and two. The Packers are five and one. Seattle is also five and one. Who do you believe is the team to beat right now in the NFC? Right now, I'll have to go with the Bucks. I think right now they have probably the most talent. Um, right now, and I was talking about it earlier on uh, one of my newscasts about I don't know if anybody in the league has as many weapons as Tom Brady, especially now. You insert somebody like Antonio Brown, we'll see how much and what the extent is of what they use them. But between, you know, Gronk, you have Leonard Fournette out the backfield, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Uh, hopefully, you know, if, if that wide receiver core can stay healthy. And defensively, we know what they're capable of as well, too. Now, prior to the Bucks beating the Packers, I actually had the Packers, um, but we saw what they did when they went head-to-head. So right now, I, I would give the edge to to the Bucks, um, because of course, like I said, that experience there with Tom Brady leading that team, they had the coaching experience there with Bruce Aarons as well. But I think you do have to factor in teams like Seattle and Green Bay. Uh, I don't think Green Bay put out their best showing when they played them a couple of weeks ago. I think they're much better than what they what they showed. And Aaron Rodgers called that game an anomaly. I'm screwing up that word, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so I, I do think that is the true team that we're used to seeing. So it'll be interesting. It's a long season, though, obviously with injuries, injuries, you have to factor that in as well. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's, it's a tough, tough NFC uh, conference this year. Okay. So a concern for the Packers is that they're not tough enough. Um, last year they got pushed around twice by the 49ers, and they got pushed around a couple weeks ago against the Bucks. How much of an issue is this going forward? Um, as of right now, I would say my, my concern level isn't very high. Um, you could make the case for that. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, you know, under Matt LaFleur, they've been very, very good. I'm not for sure his exact record, but I'm pretty sure it's something crazy and he's only lost four times. And even with that being said, um, they've never lost back-to-back games with Matt LaFleur. And I think this year, in year two under Matt LaFleur's system, um, they're, they're winning games. They're Right now they're 5-1 and they're doing it convincingly. We saw, saw what they did in Houston. That was a dominant performance. Devontae Adams had a monster game. We saw that against some other teams as well in New Orleans against the Saints. The Vikings team, obviously week one, the Vikings had the best year, but also two against the Lions. So uh, right now, you know, the, the best team that they played so far has been uh, the Bucks, and they did struggle in that game. But my, my concern isn't isn't too high yet. Like I said, they are 5-1. and one, But I think when you do get into later in the season, you know, when they do play San Francisco in a couple of weeks, on a short trip on a Thursday night football on the road in the Bay Area where we know they have to exercise some of those demons they had last year. I think we'll get a true test, but I think I think, you know, saying they're maybe not enough they're maybe they're not tough enough is a little bit of a stretch as of now, but I think we'll see that play out over the course of the season. Okay. So you mentioned Devontae Adams and when it comes to the Packers, everybody wants to talk about Aaron Rodgers, but I want to talk about Devontae Adams and Jair Alexander, two guys who are playing at an all pro level. Talk to me about how good they've been this year. Special, special. Um, I think for me, I was thinking about this yesterday after watching uh, Devontae's performance uh, against the Texans. I remember when I came to Green Bay a couple of years ago to cover the Packers. I honestly don't remember where I had Devontae Adams as far as my list of wide receivers, but covering this guy over these past few years, it's only a couple of wide receivers I would take over. He is phenomenal. Uh, His route running ability, he can make all the tough contested catches that you would expect from uh, DeAndre Hopkins or Julio Jones. And then he has the the breakaway speed um, to get away from guys as well. So he's, he's a great player. Like I said, I think he's one of the top, like one of the top five wide receivers in this league. As far as Jair Alexander, all first team all pro right now. I mean, you can make a you can make a case that he's you know defensive player of the year up there with with Aaron Donald with the way he's with with the way he's performed early in the season. I made a joke about it early on our newscast on Sunday that Will Fuller became the latest victim to fall into Jair's jailhouse. <laughs> uh, Calvin Ridley, 
Mike Evans, uh, Calvin Ridley, who, you know, is, is we see the talent that he has there. Zero catches. You had him on your fantasy team, goose egg, right? <laughs> Mike Evans, um, he held him in check. And then Will Fuller, who coming into this game, he had, I believe it was like a touchdown catch in at least the last four games. He ended up getting one late in that game, but it wasn't on Jair Alexander. He is he is phenomenal. And he's he's really been a bright spot on a Packers defense that this year has kind of been lethargic. Um, Zadarius Smith hasn't been the same player we saw last year and he's seen a lot more double teams Preston Smith um he had he finally we saw his impact on the game late in that that ball game in Houston on that option play but the defense hasn't been that great but the one person who has been is Jay Alexander and I think this year he should as of right now through you know uh halfway through the season he should be first team all pro yeah I don't think that catch against Mike uh, the catch that Mike Evans has was against Jair Alexander so I think it's been three straight weeks that he has no um catches allowed on him <laughs> and then Devontae Adams I think he's a top three receiver he's right there with DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones he's in that top three his route running ability what he's done on the field I think unquestionably with those with those two guys so let's go to another NFC team the Bears terrible last night their offense struggling again I don't think the Bears have ever been good on offense in my entire life it's always been a defensive team should they go back to Mitch Trubisky uh, I would say no um, I think, um, you know, watching this team, I don't think Nick Foles is a problem. I think I think what you get in Nick Foles is you – I think you know what you're going to get him, right? So he, he is a, a very good game manager. But if you put him on a, a team with offensive line who, who yesterday they didn't do well, um, you know, against the Rams, of course, you know, with that defensive line, Aaron Donald right there, who does. Um, but, you know, the run game has been kind of shaky. They have some talent. And, of course, I really like Allen Robinson on the outside. I, I hope – at some point, we get to see him with an elite quarterback because I think, I think if you put Allen Robinson with a great quarterback, he could be in the conversation with those Devontae Adams, with those Keenan Allen's, kind of those maybe not the, the one and two like DeAndre Hopkins or Julio Jones, but right there, um, right there underneath them. Um, but yeah, I mean, like like I said, I, I think, Mr. I think, um, excuse me, Nick Foles is, is a uh, is a, a competent quarterback that can get things done. And for me, if I was a Bears fan, I would trust him over Mr. Trubisky. I think Trubisky has shown you what he what he has been at least in Chicago, and it has been great. Um, he's hot and he's cold. You know, there's some games where he has been on, but when he's off, he is he is not good. And so, for me, I, if I'm Matt Nagy and this Bears team, I'm on the dice with Nick Foles. Okay, yeah. So, I I've been yeah I've been kind of going back and forth on it. So with Nick Foles, it's kind of like you said with Mitch Trubisky. You you know what you're getting. They're hot and cold. It's the same thing with Nick Foles. Probably the greatest backup quarterback we that we know because of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. He has some really high highs and some really bad lows. So I think I would I would like turn to Mitch Trubisky because I think you can do more with the offense. When you watch the Bears last night, it's Nick Foles standing in the pocket. He's a statue out there. He can't move at all. With Trubisky, you know, probably has some turnovers. That's something that you're gonna have to live with. But you can do more in the offense. You have to be more creative. You're five and two right now. But you don't really look like a five and two how the Bucks do or a five and one like the Packers do. I think you just have to be able to open up the offense. You have to be more creative now in twenty twenty. See, that's a good point. But for me, what I what I think about that is they already pulled the plug on Mr. Bisky. Okay, so right now, as you as you just mentioned, they are five and two, so they're still top of the NFC North, um, right there with the Packers. And when you factor in this year, they have an extra playoff spot. Um, you know. Even if, no, even if they don't get the first couple of wild card spots, there still is that extra one. At five and two, do you pull the plug and go back to Mr. Trubisky? And if he shows you he's struggling again, 
you have to go back to Nick Foles. And, and that's the game that you that you have to play if you're Matt Nagy. And so, you know, once again, they, they weren't good yesterday, you know, and, and, and Nick Foles, he was not good. Let's, let's call a spade a spade. I, I agree with you on that. But, you know, once again, we've, we've, we've seen what, what Trubisky gives you and, and they tried that, and they didn't. They obviously didn't like that, and they that's why they went to Nick Foles. And I think you know, you don't want to overreact to one game, just like you don't want to do that. With, in no means by calling comparing the Bears' offense to, to the Packers' offense. But once again, the, the Packers weren't good at all against the Bucks, and then they they right the ship against the Texans, and they they're back to this top offense in the league. You know with, that we saw in Houston the other day. So that's why you know you don't want to overreact. You know I think he has. Nick Foles, so far in the season, he's done some good things. He has been great. But once again, you know, you're not really going to get that Nick Foles. He is a great game manager. But yesterday just wasn't good for the Bears all the way around. Yeah. So let's go to the NFC West. Russell Wilson, he's been great this year. Hasn't had an MVP, MVP vote up until this point. And he might get all of them this year, depending how the rest of the season yeah. plays out. But can this team get to the Super Bowl with how bad their defense is? They have no pass rush. Their best pass rusher is Jamal Adams, who's not even playing right now. Yeah, so I think, um, first of all, that NFC West is a gauntlet between, um, obviously, the Seahawks. Arizona's right there. Um, I was a little bit skeptical on them coming into the year just because of that division, but Kyler Murray has made that, that second-year jump that, you know, some of these players, some players haven't been able to make in their second year, and obviously we saw that on Sunday. Obviously, you had somebody like DeAndre Hopkins. Of course, you know, you got the Rams, who had that great showing against this Bears team, um, and then, of course, the 49ers, who have, after a slow start to the season, they've begin to write the ship as well. To answer your question about the Seahawks, I think they can. Um, I think I'm a firm believer in Russell Wilson. I think whenever you have a quarterback of his caliber, you always have a chance. That being said, it does make it a little bit tougher, especially when you look at another NFC team like the Bucks, uh, whose defense is there. You know, like the Bucks, the Bucks defense is legit. And then of course offensively they have the uh, the compliments, you know, to Tom Brady to get the job done as well. If you get a shootout, they can do that. And defensively, if you, you know if you're locking a tight one, you, you trust their defense to get the stops. You can't say the same thing about Seattle, and that is a concern. But to answer, like once again, to answer your question, as long as I have Russell Wilson, I'm gonna let him cook, and I will take my chances with him each game. Okay, but so yeah, I, I get what you're saying. My concern is we saw really the worst case scenario play out on Sunday night, where Russell Wilson does have a couple mistakes, but he does go out there like you said, let Russ cook, has phenomenal numbers, but they can't get a stop at any point. Do they need to make a move at the at the trading deadline? They should definitely take a hard look. As of what they need, I know they need a lot of pieces. Um, actually, I think I'm pretty sure I saw a Bleacher Report trade of sending Ryan Kerrigan from the Redskins to um, to Seattle and, and giving them an edge rusher, you know, there. So it's not Jamal Adams being you know, a safety, yeah. you know, working down there in the box. So I mean, yeah, I, I think they probably will be busy um, at the at, you know at the trade deadline. We saw they tried to move on Antonio Brown to even help out that offense as well, though. They have two great wide receivers there, but you add another element like Antonio Brown and what he gives you. Obviously, that's not happening with him down in Tampa Bay. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Seattle is active at the deadline. I think there are some guys that could be possible on the move. You look at my hometown team, the Texans. Do they ship JJ Watt? Does he? And if they do, I would assume he probably goes out to an NFC contender. The Texans probably don't want to see him in the AFC. So you, you look at somebody like the Saints, you know, who might you pair him, um, you know, on that line or, you know, maybe Seattle, maybe even Green Bay. So, I, but yes, I, I do think Seattle probably will make a move because they, they do. Need so let's talk about another NFC team, the Rams, who played last night. Jared Goff, second most wins 
for a starting quarterback since 2017. Fourth, I think it was fourth most yards or something like that. So he's a guy that's won the division two of the last three years. He's been to a Super Bowl. I believe he's the most underappreciated quarterback in the league. What do you believe? I like Jared Goff. Um, last year he had a down year. Uh, it, wasn't his, it wasn't his best showing. But he's bounced back nicely. And once again, he has that team right there with Seattle and Arizona and San Francisco. The key is, can he do this over the rest of the year? You know, and can he stay healthy as well, too? Uh, I think he has he has pieces. Um, obviously, there, Cooper Cup. Um, and then they they figured out kind of how it works there in that backfield as well. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, they have the talent. I, I, got, I do trust Jared Goff. But to me, I think right now I would probably take Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray over Jared Goff. And that, to me, that is a concern. But they have pieces defensively that Seattle doesn't have with the Aaron Donald with the Jalen Ramsey um, there. And I like Sean McVay as a coach. So I, I think, you know, to me, if this was up, left up to me, I sent everybody from the NFC West to the playoffs. And nobody from the NFC East would get it. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, rank the offensive minds in the NFC in the NFC West between Kingsbury, McVay, and Shanahan. Do you ask me who would I take? Yeah. Oh, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I let's Pete Carroll. Man, I think right now I might go call Shanahan. If you look at what he did. And they, they got off to a slow start. Missing games without Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, missing Nick Bosa on the line. Missing some wide receivers. Debo Samuel's now out. Missing a lot of their running backs. And he's been able to turn that around. And I like it. I like how he, he how he's running that team right now. I, I'd probably go Kyle Shanahan. Man, that, man that, that's so tough. And Cliff Kingsbury has even has even gotten right now. And I wasn't, I wasn't high on him coming out either. Man, that's a... That's a good question. I'll go with Kyle Shanahan. Final answer. Okay. No, I no, I agree with you. <laughs> no, it's hard. It's something that uh, has been on my mind for for a few weeks now. Like just kind of going back and forth. But I think yeah, Shanahan. And I think we're at the point now where Kingsbury is a better offensive mind than McVay. To yeah, be honest. No, no, that's, that's a fair point. I mean, you can put, you can definitely put um, King. Uh, you said Kingsbury over McVay. Slightly right now. But okay. not by much, because I think, I don't know, I, I don't know if it's a, a new, like, because he's new, but I don't know, I just give him the slight edge over hey, him. But then again, when you have somebody like DeAndre Hopkins and a, and a quarterback that, that as good as Colin Murray, they make your offense look really good. Yeah, no, it definitely <laughs> but does. Yeah, of course, with Christian Kirk on, on the outside as well, um, and then, you know, their running back situation, he's made that work even with uh, some of the injuries that banged up. Chase Edmonds has stepped up nicely, and they'll need him moving forward um, with their starting running back getting hurt. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's definitely certainly an argument to be made there. Okay, so let's go to the NFC South. The Falcons are sitting at 1-6. and six. They fire their coach. They fire their GM. Should they move off of Matt Ryan after this year? It, it depends. Um, it depends on, you know, where they are in the draft and who's who's there on the board, I think, um, you know, obviously somebody like Trevor Lawrence from Clemson is going to be gone. One of the New York teams, Jets or Giants, is probably going to scoop him up. Um, and if not him, somebody else, right? So I don't think they'll be there for that. And I think they'll probably win some other games to where they might. They'll have a top 10 pick, but maybe not top five. Maybe. We'll, we'll see. Uh, so I, I think it I think it really depends. And, and that's, that's a question that's not, you know, Obviously, it's not left up to me, but it should be left up to whoever the new coach is. You know, you have Matt Ryan and you have 
Julio Jones there at least for another year. May, I mean, you know, how far off is the team? The team is talented. That's one thing you can't say. You still have Calvin really there. Todd Gurley has been serviceable this year. Um, defense needs to be fixed, but they are a talented team. So I don't, I'm not on, I'm not fully on board of getting rid of Matt Ryan. Once again, if the quarterback is there, you know, in that draft selection, you know, you select him and maybe you have him sit behind Matt Ryan for a year and still be competitive. So, um, to me, I think I slept on, you know, who they hire at, at, at coach. You know, do you do you go to the Chiefs um, office coordinator? Um, or do you go to maybe – there's a lot of great – there's a lot of great coaches to me that I like. Uh, I like Baltimore's offensive coordinator. I like uh, – man, there was another one who I was just talking to somebody else about, maybe even going to the Texans, Greg Roman from the mm-hmm. Ravens. Um, uh, the Bills offensive coordinator as well. So, there's a lot of good coaches that I think can take over in Atlanta and do well. So that, that to me, that kind of is the deciding factor. The the way I look at it is, we're we're such in a new era of football where guys are developed so early that the draft produces about four to five, about four to five. You can find about four to five legit guys. There's not really a lot of bust anymore, other than I think Paxton Lynch was like the last like legit bust that was drafted. And you look at the teams yeah. that have. Oh yeah, Trubisky too. Yeah, um, but you look at these uh, these teams that have moved off of their quarterback in recent years. Joe Flacco uh, in Baltimore. They have Lamar Jackson. Um, who was the other one? That was just on my mind. You can go to the Texans. You can go to Kansas City. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Right. Um, the Cardinals with Josh Rosen recently. All these teams that have moved off of their guys are now happy. They like the situation they're in. So I think when Atlanta sees it and the new coach they bring in sees it, that that's the direction that they go in. I still think that Matt Ryan is a starting quarterback. He'll probably end up on one of these teams, maybe like the the Colts or something if Phillip Rivers, because that's probably his last year. But when I see when I look at it, it's like you like you said, they have a talented roster. They just need something new, and a new quarterback would refresh that. Because they, you don't want to say that they're in a rebuild because of the talent they have, but when you're sitting at one and six and you haven't made the playoffs in how many years now, you're in a rebuild. I hear that, um, but things can, things can be flipped um, pretty quickly. There's let me check. There's one NFC. There's, I think there's an NFC team who was um, who's made the adjustment. Who was really bad last year, um, and you know this year they're going to make it right. Especially too with when you look at how you know schedules go. I'm mean, looking at the Steelers. The Steelers bounced back well after a down year. Not right now. They're six, six and zero, mm-hmm. um, and they had a they had a rough year. Should they move off? Should, should they move off of Big Ben? And he's been very good for them so far this season. Obviously, the defense has been there as well. Um, the Raiders, uh, they're sitting at five hundred, so they they kind of been what they, they are what they are. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I don't <laughs> they are. What they are. <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, look at the Cardinals. I mean, obviously, you bring in somebody like DeAndre Hopkins. Of course, he can elevate a team um, to that. But that, that's why you know. You got. You really do have to take a season by season. Each season is different, and, and I really have learned that. Um, I, I think Aaron Rodgers has been the one who's preached on that. You know, you, you got to take it year by year. Um, but like I said, the talent is there. Uh, but you know, I, I, I do hear where you're coming from. Okay, so let's go to NCAA. You already talked about they're terrible. That none of those teams should get in. Um, who's it? The team. The Eagles have two wins, and the Cowboys have two wins. Who do you believe will come out on top in this division? Probably go Eagles, um, especially with the Cowboys situation. We just don't know what that is. Um, with Andy Dalton getting hurt, who, who do they bring in? And if Andy Dalton does get back, he wasn't good for them 
you know, while he was there. And their defense is just – their defense is just downright terrible. <laughs> with, uh, with the Eagles, I mean, we might see uh, – we might see the division winner – Finish out at six and ten, maybe or seven and nine. Uh, but if if it is going to be a team, I think it'll be the Eagles. I don't trust I don't trust Daniel Jones and the and the Giants. Um, Washington isn't, isn't there for me either. So I think it really will come down to the Eagles and Dallas. And and I'm not sure the schedule, but maybe one of those late divisional games uh, sometime in December could be the deciding factor. So speaking of teams that might move off their quarterback, the Giants. Do you think they should move off of Daniel Jones? Yeah. Yes. yes. To answer your question, yes. yes. What else do we need to see? Because we, we have seen, like, Daniel Jones is what he is, and it's not that great. Um, and if you have somebody, if you can't take a Trevor Lawrence at one if they're there, if the Jets don't get him, or you can take, um, you know, Ohio State's quarterback, do it. What are we waiting for with Daniel Jones? We saw what Washington did. Washington didn't give Dwayne Haskins that much time, and, and, and he's shown that he, he could have been better. But that's the thing is, it's not always necessarily about the stats, but you can even look at the eye test. The eye test isn't showing me that Daniel Jones is that great. Um, and, you know, to me, how I look at it is, when you have quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, when you have quarterbacks like a Deshaun Watson, a Lamar Jackson, guys that can go out and can win you a game, why stand pat on a quarterback that's just okay? When you do have to win, you know, come come this, come January on this playoff time, you have to have a quarterback that may have to put the team on his shoulders and get it done. Do you trust Daniel Jones to do that? And to me, the answer to that question is no. So speaking of quarterbacks that put their team on their shoulder, I don't think really anyone does it better than Carson Wentz. I don't. He's going out there with nothing to work with. His running back on Thursday was Boston Scott, a five-seven running back. His best receiving option was Travis Fulgham, a six-round pick from the Lions. The Lions didn't even want him. Um, who was it? Lane Johnson's hurt. He's missing Brandon Brooks uh, this year. Deshaun Jackson is now hurt again. What are your thoughts on Carson Wentz? I like Carson Wentz. I think some of the criticism has been a little bit unfair. Um, I mean, because obviously, look the injuries for the past couple of years. You know, if he's not injured, the rest of his weapons are. Um, yeah, I think if you if you gave him you know his full complimentary pieces, the Eagles would be much better than they have been showing. And once again, I think people people are already trying to move on Carson Wentz, but that's the thing he has shown you those flashes. And when he's good, he's great, and he has had those moments. But you know, once again, he's not. I I do trust him to maybe get in a shootout and, and compete with those with those quarterbacks. I can't say the same with some of the other quarterbacks like a, like a Daniel Jones. You know some of the other quarterbacks that I've, that I've mentioned. So I mean, I think you know, I think some of the talk about oh maybe Jalen Hurts should be the one to replace him. I think may- maybe, but I don't think he's he's shown you that just yet there. And so right now, I would ride with Carson Wentz. Yeah, I think that Jalen Hurts will be a starting quarterback down the line at some point. I just don't think it's going to be for the Eagles. Oh, I'm, I'm, that's that's a fair assessment. But we we do have to see Jalen Hurts and how can he be that quarterback at the NFL level. And that's the thing with no preseason this year. We weren't able to see that uh, from any of the younger players. Right, yeah. Well, uh, Chancellor, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to agree and to speak with me. Loved your input today. Definitely want to have you on again. Of course, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. All right, man. Yes, sir. Peace.